Welcome back to the Thanks for Rolling podcast. I'm here with Jeff as always, and we're joined in studio with a special guest today, Nate Garib. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad you could make it. Um, you know, this is, I think you're our first guest venturing into the MMA world a little bit. Cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's great. great. Thanks. <laughs> so we've done, we've done some training here and there, um, you know, over the past several years. I'd say let's start with, you know, let's take us back. How did you end up finding your way into the world of mixed martial arts? Uh, so I actually grew up wrestling. Uh, in high school, I wrestled. And at the end of my senior year, my wrestling coach had mentioned MMA to me. And at that time, I had, you know, I've heard of like Chuck Liddell. I heard of uh, a lot about Anderson Silva because that was when he was on his run. Um, I didn't really watch it, didn't know much about it. Um, and I was going into college the next year. So I figured I would take that time to work on my wrestling. And then I, cause from my mindset, all I'd ever heard was, Oh, wrestlers are great MMA fighters. Yep. Like, okay, great. So I'll wrestle in college and then I'll start my journey. Um, so as I was going through, uh, I actually got injured a couple times, uh, my freshman and sophomore year, I had broke my foot my first year, had to have surgery. So I only wrestled for like two months and then I tore my labrum my sophomore year, the same tournament, uh, in Ithaca. So with all that downtime that I had after my sophomore year, I started to kind of look more into, uh, like what else I could do because I took like maybe like eight months off from training and I realized that I needed to continue to compete because I was going crazy. Like mm-hmm. I started to like kind of lose myself a little bit. Like I was in college. So I started partying a little bit more where I didn't party at all in high school yeah. and started to kind of like lose like myself. And I was very unhappy. So I ended up contacting a local guy, Jim McSweeney, who was like, I don't even know how old he is now, but like he was like an older guy doing MMA. And I was like, Hey, like I know you train. So like, where do you train? Like, how do, how do you get into this stuff? And so he uh, kind of directed me. He gave me a couple different gyms I could check out, um, one being Team Link and Northampton, and I joined them, and I tried it out, and I was like, wow, this is actually a lot of fun for a jiu-jitsu. And then I was like, and I stuck with it. And so I've just kind of kind of rolled with it. And when I, once I started, like, the jiu-jitsu, like I said, I was like, this is different than wrestling. It wasn't as, like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't always love wrestling. But with jujitsu, I was like, okay, this is a little bit like, it's not as like aggressive and it's like more like methodical, you yeah. know, there's more to it. So Yeah, I can, I can attest to that, you know, similar path, I wrestled in high school, wrestled in college and same thing. I always did all right, but I don't think I ever loved it. It was just such a grind. It was always yeah. a beat down, the constant <clears throat> weight cuts. And then I got into jujitsu and it's just like, this is, you get the same satisfaction and it's so much more chill. Right. And now we're coming full circle. Like our school's getting way back more into wrestling again. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny because like that's, that was the thing. Like when I was wrestling, it was like, I would just, I felt like I was just going through the motions. But then as I started to understand jujitsu more, I felt like, like kind of like what you're saying, like I didn't want really, um, when I was wrestling, I felt like I just did not have the desire to do it anymore. And then as I got into jiu-jitsu and got better, then as I started to join, like get really into MMA and actually join an MMA team and do the MMA stuff, I started to be like, okay, I need wrestling now. Because as my jiu-jitsu got better, people were beating me with wrestling. Or my striking really improved where I was like beating everybody with striking. So guys would naturally want to take me down. And it was like, I would just play jiu-jitsu in a fight and I would lose those fights because I wasn't equipped to wrestle these guys after like I thought like oh it would just be there but yeah. like as the you guys skills know, diminish yeah they diminish so um I started to like start to fall in love with the grind of MMA wrestling and now it's the same thing like what you're saying with the school or I want to improve my wrestling so like now I've like fallen back I almost like rekindled that fire for the love for the grind but also wrestling and like uh I've always had more of like a guard passing heavy type of jiu-jitsu if I'm not laying on my back and playing out of the guard, you know, yep. so it's like one, it's either or, you know, so it's just like improving that stuff. So, yeah. Thanks. Was there a, a point in time like that you can think about that says, all right, now I'm going to actually fight. Uh, 
Yeah, I get, I don't know. I think like when I so I went to college in West Virginia, and um, I was at Team Link in Northampton, like I said. And so in the summers, I would come back and I would go there. And they at the time they weren't really they they're like, oh, you need to have this amount of experience and whatever. Mm-hmm. And in West Virginia, it didn't really matter. You could just fight whenever. And the commissions there, they don't really. They, at that time, I don't think we didn't do blood. We didn't have to do anything. It was like you just show up. The doctor says, like, looks at you, goes, "Okay, he's good to go," yeah. and you just fight. You know, it's kind of like similar to like how Vermont uh, is a little bit better than Vermont is. But uh, my buddy who ran the Muay Thai club, like, I met. He became my friend through the Muay Thai club. We there was like five of us, and we all were just we always trained. We always wanted to get better and. We, every time we got an opportunity to fight, we did. So, I mean, there was never a question of like, do I want to do it? Mm-hmm. There was the only question I had was like, oh, should, do I even want to be an amateur? Let's just jump right into <laughs> pro. And um, my buddy was like, you really should just like take your time, get some experience. Um, and uh, I think I fought like four or five times in West Virginia and once in Pennsylvania. So, um, there was, yeah, I guess it was just like we just went mm-hmm. right to it after, I think it was after my f- junior year. So, my senior year. By beginning of my senior year, we fought. We fought like three times uh, right before I graduated, and uh, yeah, and then I just stuck with it. Just didn't want to, you know, just wanted to keep going with it and see how far I could take it. So yeah. now we're here, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Excuse me. So you started, you started fighting amateurs when you're in West Virginia, Pennsylvania. So I'm guessing after college, you moved back. To New England full time, right? Uh, yeah, I moved back for the I moved back for the summer, so I actually ended up graduating before all of my friends did. They were all older than me, but they all had like because we a lot of us transferred from different areas. Some from California, some from New York, some from like New Jersey. I just happened to like make sure I got all my credits transferred, right? And then I just graduated like the semester before. Um, and so when I came back, uh, when I I had stayed that summer to finish like some capstone thing and then I was like oh well um what am I gonna do now because like I had my degree and I was like I don't know what I'm gonna do like I had an anxiety attack because I was like (laughs) I have no idea like what I want to do what I like I said I want to be a fighter like how do you make this happen and what was your degree in or what is your uh, degree in criminology okay yeah so originally I was like when I went to college I was undeclared but I was like oh I'll just be a police officer that's just what I thought I was gonna do and then I was like the more I thought about it I was like I really don't want to do this and I just didn't want I wanted to do something different I wanted to like I wanted to kind of like do things on my time and not have to be like respond like be responsible like do what I told me to do Mm -hmm. basically so um that's how we're kind of like where fighting became like you have to make a decision like, is this what you want? Or do you have to follow this other career path and like actually just do right. all these You don't want to be steps. halfway in, halfway out. Yeah. So, uh, did I, I don't know if I answered your question. Sorry. Um, I guess I didn't, I didn't really complete my question either. I was, what I was trying to get at. So you moved back here after college at some point. Oh, right. And right. then, so you continued to fight amateur for yeah. a while here before you turned pro, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I didn't actually have like a, like because I was bouncing around between Team Link and then going back to West Virginia, like I knew that I felt I felt more at home when I was with my buddy from West Virginia, and because those guys were more striking oriented, like it was a Muay Thai club. Mm-hmm. Like I s- did not really train any jujitsu, and so and, and it was working for me because for the most part, guys couldn't outstrike me. And the more I fought, the more I realized, like, oh man, these guys suck at striking. Like I'm just gonna beat these guys yep. up on the feet. But then you face a guy when I, so I went, so yeah, to answer your question, I came back for the summer. I actually fought for team link. The only time I fought for team link was my third amateur fight at Mohegan sun. And, uh, I won that fight, but then I decided that I would go back to West Virginia to like be around my friends because I figured, oh, well, if I want to, I didn't have any plans of going to like a big gym at the time. And I wasn't really, I didn't feel like team link was where I belonged. So I went back to West Virginia and trained with those guys for that semester. So that was like maybe like six months. And I fought again. uh, So I fought in August and then I fought in September, won both those. So I was like, I was four and oh, and then I fought for a belt in that December. uh, And I ended up losing and uh, I got out wrestled basically. Um, I just played in guard. Uh, I mean, I was out striking the guy and then when he took me down, like I learned a lot (laughs) about myself in that fight. I learned that, uh, 
you can't just lay there. And I was like, I was getting pinned against the cage and I had no idea how to defend it. Like I just Mm -hmm. didn't, I didn't have, no one had been teaching me how to defend on the wall or anything like that. And we fought in a boxing, oh, sorry, on a boxing ring with a cage. So I learned (laughs) the importance of like the environment because he was pinning my head in the corners where you can't even, you can't turn. That was the one thing I was like, oh wow. Like this, it was like, it was a great experience because it taught me a lot about how, you have to like approach MMA because it isn't jujitsu and it isn't kickboxing. It's like this whole blend and then understanding the element of the cage. Like the cage makes a huge difference. And like, that's especially a cage with a corner with a corner. (laughs) Yeah. And like, if you don't like, I wasn't prepared for that, you know? So it, it really helped me kind of think about these things as I go into all my other fights for the future. It's always like, I look at, the cage I look at how big the cage is because that's always going to mm. dictate like the the way the fight goes like I personally prefer to fight in a bigger cage because there's more space to move fight in a small cage you take two steps and you're in the fight already and that forces grappling people don't I don't think a lot of people realize that the smaller the cage it forces you to grapple more so for me as being a more striking oriented person not okay. that I can't grapple you but, want you some know, space to work I want some space to work yeah exactly um so, I mean, I, lo- I learned a lot, but when I came back, I was like, all right, well, I ended up deciding that after that I would go to Thailand um, because I always wanted to. I always said, like, so one thing that is interesting is when I went to college, I had a, uh, a teacher give us this, like, presentation, and it was about, like, your aspirations. And, like, at that time, I was, like, kind of dabbling in, like, what do I really want to do? So I said I would graduate college. I wanted to go to Thailand and learn Muay Thai. And this was before I trained Muay Thai. And then I wanted to get to the UFC and win a belt. That's like my goal. And so I figured if I went to Thailand after I had finished, because again, I was after I'd finished that six months in West Virginia, I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't know. And so I figured, well, you said you wanted to go to Thailand, go to Thailand, like get this thing going, like move in the direction that you actually want to go. And don't just like say you're going to do things and then just like wish later on that you did. So I went to Thailand came back and John Manley had left him team link and opened up his own school. Mm-hmm. So I went there for a little while and then I ended up, uh, I won one fight with him and then I lost a fight, another championship belt, uh, to Matt Vienna and, uh, in reality fighting. And then I realized like, I really need to like go and learn other things from other people, MMA wise. Uh, and that's what brought me to the FAA at the time. Um, because Jeremy around the area is the only person that really knows MMA and he had shown me a lot of different ways to like all the answers that I was like, that I needed for like how to defend on the cage, how to get back up, how to, you know, be a complete MMA fighter, how to transition. Like he showed me all of those things and really brought me to that next level. Um, and I had traveled all over cause at that time also, like I was like, well, where else can I go? What else can I see? Like I had had went out to Colorado to check out a bunch of different gyms. I went out to, um, I was in Illinois and I checked out where Yair Rodriguez was training. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and like me and my wife now, we travel to different places like uh, uh, Trinidad and Tobago is where she's from. And like I trained there for a little bit, like just checked out different places, get different perspectives. So um, it's kind of been like, I'm kind of like a nomad. Like I've trained like all over the place and um it's kind of like giving me the, like every time I go somewhere new, I learn different little pieces to this game and I can like input, put them where I think they belong or have people help me like transition. So it's like, I feel like I, yeah, I came back home, but then it's like, I always come back home and then I go somewhere else. Mm. And it's like, that's kind of like how I've always been. I've just kind of been like trying to learn from all the best people around, learn from all the best people around the world that I can, you know, find and like learn from they're willing to teach. So, uh, it's been like a really crazy, like when I look back on it, I mean, yeah, I'm like, geez, like I've been like all over right. the place. And how I'm old learning. are you? 28. Yeah. yeah. 20, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot packed into 28. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's been cool. Like, um, I also like, I went to, to Europe at one point, um, after I lost to Nick Fury. Cause it was like, every time I lose, I'm like, I need to reinvent myself, you know? <laughs> Cause it's like, I need to figure out what's going on. And I think just separating yourself sometimes from the training and like going around and like being by yourself with nobody that, you know, kind of forces you to kind of like really think about who you are and like what you really want in life. And, uh, I, when I was in, I went to Germany and I trained with Ralph Warnecking there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was a really interesting experience because his guys were really good, really, really good. Like, technical and they were really submission oriented yep. and they like submitted they got 
these guys who were like his blue belts were like submitting me. And I was like, what the hell? Like these mm. guys are really good. And he had like at the end of those practice, like he was a really, really confident guy, super nice and, and welcoming. But he was like, yeah, he was just like, he basically told me that I sucked in a nice <laughs> way. And he was like, yeah, we were really submission oriented here. He's like, you you do a lot of guard passing, but like you don't do anything with it. And then it was like, okay. Yeah. Now. Ralph is one of the really early Eddie Bravo black belts. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've never met the guy, but I've heard. Yeah. I've always heard the same. Yeah. I mean, like I, the only reason I knew of him was because he had followed me on Instagram on one of my older pages and I followed him back and I watched all his content and I was like, wow, this guy knows some shit. Like every time I watched his stuff, I was like, wow, like I would like learn things and I would like, I feel like I would like take them into the gym with a buddy and I'd be like, Hey, let's work on this, you know, different like ways to like attack from guard, different Mm -hmm. ways to attack legs. I was like, wow, this guy's like, he knows some stuff. Like he had some cool systems. Little side note. If you follow the rubber guard assassins, Instagram page, that's him and one of his students run that. Oh, Oh, no kidding. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I love that page. (laughs) Yeah. I mean like he was, he was a really, a really interesting guy. And like, he was another person that like after that experience, I realized like, wow, like I really am behind in this field because I put so much emphasis in striking that I really needed to work on my grappling as a whole. And that's kind of like how I met, ended up meeting Tim as well. Because when I came back from Europe, I was like, okay, well I need to figure something else out. Cause the jujitsu that I had been learning was good, but it was like, there was so many missing pieces in jujitsu that I didn't understand. And I think it all goes back to foundations. And once I understood those foundations, it was like, okay, now, we can just roll from there. You yeah. Know? Well, it so. goes to show that there's there's always something you can learn from everybody. Like, you know, Ralph and his school, they're not a, a world-renowned mm-hmm. MMA team, but you were able to learn some lessons there that directly impacted yeah. your MMA career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, I think that's the thing. It's like it's easy in this in this type of, I don't even want to call it a sport or these arts. It's like it's easy to overlook people. And I think it's like ego gets involved and it makes you go like, oh, well, I already know everything. So like whatever this person's trying to teach me or tell me, it's like whatever. But it's like if you do that, you miss out on all these great opportunities to learn. Like there are a couple people that I have, even people that I'm training with now, that if I had overlooked them and said, nah, like he doesn't know what he's talking about, like I wouldn't be at the like at the level that I feel like I am. Because I feel like even now, like I'm only three in one, but I feel like people have yet to see like all these things mm-hmm. that I, that I can do, you know, like my pretend, I haven't even re I feel like I haven't even reached my, like the height of my potential. Like I feel like I'm still getting all real, like better every single day, you know? Yeah. Well, and you're still young enough. You have time to, yeah. to keep that progression. Yeah. So like, that's like one thing that I always like try to tell people. It's like, don't write anybody off. It doesn't matter if they don't have like some world champion. It doesn't matter if they don't have like a world championship background or if they haven't won this amazing tournament or if they weren't like super successful. Right. On it's the all matter. knowledge. It's knowledge, right? And it's like how, and like some people, it's not everybody that was, not everybody that was a champion is a great teacher. And not every teacher had like some background of like this amazing like thing. It's like, they just, they know certain things. And it's like, if you don't listen, you don't, you're not willing to learn. Like you're missing, you're missing out on like opportunity to like improve yourself. So yeah. Some people have no desire to do one or the other. Right. Yeah. Some people just love gathering the knowledge and sharing it and have no desires to get out there and fight right or even you know compete in whatever it is they're doing whether it's kickboxing jujitsu whatever it's yeah you can still have that world-class knowledge yeah absolutely 100 percent. so what year was it that you turned pro i was just gonna ask the same question you stole i think i know (laughs) (laughs) trying Um, to remind myself it was uh 2019 uh july 2019 uh i turned pro uh i fought for ammo that was my first uh pro fight um that's right i don't I wasn't at that one, but I know some of our guys were there. Um, actually, I think it was Daniel. I'm sure you guys will get into this on his podcast, so I won't steal his story too much. <laughs> but I just remember his reaction coming back after like seeing you warming up backstage and then messing up the guy in your first pro fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that was a it was a great. Uh, day for me the guy wasn't like anything spectacular by any means but it was a great opportunity for me to like because at that time a lot of people were like oh he doesn't have power in his hands he doesn't have like knockout power um and it was it was one of those experiences that kind of shaped the way that I see fighting and it like really altered how I see like training because it was like I felt like when I was in that fight uh there was like a scramble I was really trying to put him in a twister that was like my big thing (laughs) 
I'd been working with Tim Babiak and we had been working on the twister a lot and I was hitting everybody in training with it. Like even guys who like you shouldn't hit with a twister, I'm just hitting these people with twisters. And so I was like, I really want to hit this guy with a twister. And then in the fight, when I was like on top of the guy, uh, my coach at the time was like, no, 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 no. Like I was on top. He's <laughs> like, don't do it. Don't do it. Like you want the cage experience. Don't do it. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, and uh, the scramble ended and we just stood up and it was like this moment where everything like s- slowed down. And it was like the craziest experience because it was like we scrambled, we got to our feet, and then like in a second I just turned and it was just like my right hand just like fired. It wasn't like I've been in fights where it's been like I'm thinking so much about what to do, and now it was just like I just turned and it was like I just remember everything slowing down, seeing his chin, and just my hand just fired, and it, he just crumpled. And I was like, whoa. Like, <laughs> like I was like, this was like my reaction, and I, everyone thought I was like taunting him, like, what's up? But it was like I was more like, whoa, like what wow. the hell was that? Like that was when I realized like, wow, like years and years of throwing like jab, cross, jab, cross, like just throwing my yeah. my straight punches, and it just like finally came together. It just happened, and I was like, wow, like – so like, especially after like thinking back on it, I realized like how important it is to like be consistent with your training and like find a couple things to, to really like work on. Because when you're in a fight or you're in a competition, you really just, you don't want to have to think about things. Like John Manley used to say this to me all the time. Like if you're thinking you're behind timing, which would happen mm-hmm. to me all the time. And I didn't realize it at the time until that fight that the things that were happening like when I was fighting because I would think a lot and I was like, Oh man, I did terrible. And then I'd go back and watch the film and I'd be like, I don't remember doing all that. And then I remember, well, I trained all that stuff and it, it's just becomes who you are. So I think it's like important to like be in the gym and like constantly working on those things and fine tuning them. Because like, even though my jab cross was good, it was like, it can still be better and it's gotten better. But I just think like that repetition is, is everything, you know? So uh, that fight was like, even though it was like, again, the guy wasn't anything spectacular. It was one of those, another lesson for me that just taught me the importance of like what you do in the gym matters and right. how you, how you train yourself. It really does matter. So. It's more about you than it is about the opponent, right? You're trying to, yeah. to display your skills at the highest level. Yeah. Yeah. My coach now, Dan, uh, he always says, you're not fighting the person you're fighting the anatomy. And that's it. There's nothing mm-hmm. else to it. And then, like when he said that to me, I was like, whoa like because like you you hear like uh like when i fought cody law it's like oh my god this guy is like this amazing guy like he's this great wrestler like he's this thing everyone's like he's this thing and it's like at that point he had already said this to me right before they had announced this fight and it it was like he's just a man Mm -hmm. and it's just an anatomy like if you kick him in the head he's probably gonna go to sleep you know if you if you kick him in the legs enough he's it's gonna crumple you know like we all we're all just human and it's like that was like one of those things where very eye-opening about like it doesn't matter of like whether it's Cody Law or Conor McGregor or you know whoever, even Justin Gaethje. It's like you hit him enough times in the right areas, he's he's gonna yep. fall, you know. So I think people get too too caught up in like the hype of like, oh, he's this guy, he's this great person. Well, and it's so easy now. You know, everyone's on the internet. Every fight, every match, every training session, you can find everything on everybody. I think it at the beginning it was helping because you're like. You know, I have all this research on my opponents at my fingertips, and I think it's gotten to the point where it's becoming detrimental to a lot of people. A hundred percent. A hundred percent agree. We talk about this in the gym all the time. We like we have Naga coming up, and, like, we have guys in beginner divisions, first matches ever, like, worried about who the other guy is, and they looked him up, and he won this, and he did that, and, like, he's just another white belt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, he's just a Like, he might be better than you. He might not be. Once you get out there, like, that doesn't matter, like, if someone's just better than you, then there's no shame in losing to them. Right. Like as long as you go out and perform your skills, you know, implement your game plan. If you lose, what else could you have done? All right. Yeah. Just stay in the moment. Right. Like I, you know, only competed jujitsu a few times, but I remember the first couple of times being like, I don't even know where I am. Like, I don't remember what I did in those matches. Right. right? Like I go back and watch the video. I'm like, Oh, that happened. Like, exactly. <laughs> like you said. And then like, you know, you get, where you're in the moment, you're like, oh, okay, now I can do what I've been trained to do for the last several years, right? right. It just comes with experience, <clears throat> I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The more that you're, like, exposed to that environment and you're around, like, it's, because, like, that's the thing, um, like, whether it's a fight or a jiu-jitsu competition, it's, like, people say, well, it's just, like, sparring. It's just, like, rolling. It's, like, it's not, though. It's not, yeah. And it's, like, again, I think it, when you 
train enough and you like if you if you're a jack of all trades i think this is where people get they have a difficult time because they don't have a go-to like in the gym there's people they're like the gym killer right the guy that just can beat everybody and they can do all these great things in the gym and then it's like when it comes time to compete it's like you're only going to do the things that you're confident in doing you're not gonna do all these like crazy things that you do in the gym because you're going to be more unless you have that like there's only a i think there's a select few people who have the mindset to just be like I don't care. I'm just going to do it, you know? And there are other people that get reserved because they're like, I don't want to lose. Everybody so, likes to say they're that guy. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> likes to say they're that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but when you, you know, if you spend enough time working on a system, working on like a specific area, like a niche, you know, people who have a niche, like um, they just tend to do better because they just know they have a bunch of different answers to get to that one spot yeah, right. and finish it, you know, and they know how to finish it properly. They've done it so many times. They have all the little key details they make the adjustment and like you said being in the moment is everything yeah. you know if you're in the moment you know okay well he's like if you're like i always go to heel hook so it's like oh he's turning his heel he's turning his heel down okay what well, what do i do what's the next step if he defends this way i do this mm-hmm. if he defends that way i do this and it's like having those little answers and if you're not in the moment you're like oh well, he's defending it what do i do mm-hmm. it's like not going to make those adjustments because you're thinking about it so you're behind time and that guy's probably already escaped by now yeah yeah i was always taught like have two or three things two things, not even three, from, like, each of your major positions in competition and just drill the shit out of those, right? So that you know, oh, Pat, Pat put me on my back, I'm in this position, he's doing this, I know what, I immediately have that it has to be automatic muscle memory drilled right into it, which I've never actually achieved that part of it, but <laughs> that was the goal, at least. Yeah, I, I, I preach a lot with almost everything I teach. You're going to run into roadblocks, right? People, unless your opponent just is entirely novice and doesn't know what to do, the other person's defending. So when you hit that roadblock of their defense, you either need to be ready for the next automatic thing, or you just have to like give up on it and try something else. Right. So which one do you want to choose? It's like, do you want to build this path in the system or do you want to just have to stop and reset every time someone stops what you're doing? Right. I don't know how much everybody actually listens, but it's what we try to do. What do you, what'd you say? (laughs) (laughs) Especially in jujitsu, right? I mean, like, everything chains off of everything else. There's a million variations. I think we get caught up in, like, going online and seeing... The coolest move. Yeah, you look up, like, heel hook, right? And you've got 52 videos by 52 different guys teaching it, you know, 40 different ways. You're like, oh, I can do all those things. But you're not chaining it together with anything else, right? It's, yeah. You know, there's too much talk about what's what's wrong and what's right. Right. I think it comes down to, like, what's right for you. You know, like exactly. um, my wrestling coach in high school who was actually in my corner in my last fight, um, which was cool because he was the one that kind of like was the first person to ever be like MMA. You should check out MMA. Um, And I wrestled for him for seven years, no, six years because five years, I'm sorry, five years. But I would go back every season to help him coach the next generation of kids. So I was I've been around him. He's been a good friend of mine. He's been a mentor from with me for over uh, I started wrestling like 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I've known him for a long time. And, uh, yeah, he used to say in, and he still says to the kids, uh, I'm going to give you a bunch of tools. You need to find which ones work best for you. Like, he's not going to be like, he, like, which I think is a, is a great mindset is be like, Hey, here's a couple things. And, but you need to find these things and then you need to work on these things and you need to see where they apply. You know, like, uh, you know, there's a, a thousand different ways to skin a cat or whatever that saying is, you know, um, and finding the way that works for you and like everybody's body types different. Like some people are taller, some people are stronger, some people are more flexible, you know, and like you start to see how those kind of, um, those attributes can kind of like, like some people who are more flexible are going to be better at doing like a rubber guard, right? Like not every, you don't have to be flexible if you know how to do it right, but being more flexible helps, you know, for sure. Um, And I think like knowing yourself and like, I think also the other thing is like people should consider other, if they did sports growing up, like how those other sports like impacted them. Because I think my striking is as good as it is, not just because of MMA and martial arts, but because I grew up playing baseball. So hand-eye coordination, being able to see things, I can see things other people don't see like punches and strikes coming, which is why I can evade strikes so well. And my footwork from soccer, because I did a lot of footwork during soccer and my ability to stay in a good position Mm -hmm. the whole time. And I think taking those lessons that you learn from early childhood sports, you can 
like kind of like transition that into your martial arts. And, and I think you could do that. It doesn't have to be sports. Like my striking coach. Now we were talking about this last night. He was a musician before he was a, before a striking coach. And so he understands rhythm and tempo and like how to piece things together yeah. and the flow of certain things. So I think like having those backgrounds in different areas and like taking those and applying them because it's like, I've, you know, a lot of people say, and I'm sure you guys have heard people say it like martial arts is a lifestyle and so you see, as you learn more about your, your art, you kind of like the other side of like life, like you see the things that you're doing in martial arts kind of transition into life. There's a lot of like crossover. So I think being able to pick up those things and then apply them to your, your art, whether it's jujitsu or wrestling or, stri you know, striking of some kind, like being able to like find those other things and see how those things work for you and then how you can apply them. Because I think that'll help you like, uh, progress faster over the long haul, you know. Second guest in a row who's talked about the application of martial arts to real life, right? <clears throat> Our last guest was just talking about, he does a lot of work with, like, uh, advocacy for, like, missing people, right? Mm -hmm. And he was just talking about how, like, jujitsu has taught him to think about, like, the next step in things, right? right. And, like, that mental mindset. So it's interesting to hear you say something very similar. Um, we haven't talked about that a lot. Right. Yes, yeah. You know, I have a question for you. I, I, I did a little Muay Thai when I was first um, started training. Mm. And one of the biggest obstacles for me was punching someone in the face. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like the first time. Yeah, like my yeah. coach used to always say, like, you have to actually hit him. Right? And he would do, like, stupid <laughs> drills where, like, instead of punching him in the face, I'd have to, like, tap him on the head. Right? Just because, like, I couldn't. My, my range was always screwed up because I would just be pulling punches all the time. So I'm just curious for you. Like, was there any transition or you were like, I can just punch this dude in the face with no problem? Uh, I, th I, I don't know. Like, it's kind of weird. Cause like when I first started, I feel like I don't really know if I had, like, I can't really think of a specific moment, but when I think about like when I first started striking, I feel like I didn't really have much of a choice. Mm -hmm. And I've always been more of like a, like a tougher person in the sense where I've been like, like rough around the edges where like, I'm willing to hit you back mm -hmm. if you hit me. And so I feel like when I was thrown into sparring, cause like when I first started, it was like, you train like technique for 30 minutes and then you spar. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't. I didn't have a choice. Like mm -hmm. I was kind of forced into someone hit me and it's like, all right, you want to fight? Like yeah. we're going to, we're going to fight <laughs> and I'll throw right back. So yeah. it wasn't like, I didn't start off doing a ton of drilling when I first started. And that was at team link. It was like, you do your technique and you do maybe like a Holland drills type thing where you throw out yeah. the hands. But then when you spar, it's like, okay, they're going to throw punches at you and they're going to hit you. And then it's like how you were, how I kind of was forced to react to it. So um, and I didn't even mind. It was like, it's kind of like an acquired taste to also get punched in the face mm -hmm. as well. Some mm -hmm. people don't like getting punched in the face. There are people who are like really good and they're like, oh, I just don't like getting hit. And it's yeah. like, I totally understand that. Um, I didn't care. I was like, all right, punch me in the face and I'm going to hit you back. So it was just kind of like the, I think it's like the environment, you mm -hmm. know, like you're pushed and put into because at the time, John, I think John had just gotten back from the ultimate fighter. So he was still trying to like get back to that, that place. And so he was he was kind of like the sparring we had was like, yeah, it wasn't hard sparring, but it was like, you're getting hit. It's more and serious. He was getting like, they had like rounds where they'd put him in the middle. And then like, we didn't have any other really, we didn't have any pro fighters at the time. So it was like, you do like two minutes or a minute with him. And then somebody else goes in and mm -hmm. somebody else goes in. So it's like, you're in there with a guy who is a professional fighter who was at the place where like, you see like, Oh, he was in the UFC or he was on the ultimate fighter. That's where I want to be. So you're kind of like, we were kind of pushed into it. Like or I was pushed into it like right away. Yeah. So, um, I didn't really have much of a choice. I felt like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. If I wanted to, to be there, it was like, you had to actually like commit to doing it. Yeah. And in West Virginia, um, I was still to this day. I feel like the guys that I trained with were some of the best strikers that I've like worked with. I had four training partners, um, that were very, very good very good at Muay Thai and very good at like striking. And like there it was like, we did a lot of um, uh, like drilling that involved like taking shots, like being able to defend the shots, like whether it was a kick. And that was a thing. Like, cause once you get punched, it's like punching doesn't hurt, but getting kicked mm -hmm. doesn't feel good, you mm -hmm. know? And then eventually the more you do it, the less it hurts. So mm -hmm. then you like, kind of like, you're like, okay, we're going to do more of this. Like yeah. take more leg kicks, take more body kicks, yeah. blocking on your forearms, blocking on your, you know, taking the shin, the shin damage to your nerve, you know, the nerve, you can't feel the nerve mm -hmm. anymore. So I think, um, in terms of that, like, I feel like the kicks were a lot worse at the, in the beginning. So it was like, once you got over that, it was like, ah, right, whatever. Yeah, I think I, I still vividly remember my first leg kick and not so much executing it or receiving no, no, it. No, receiving <laughs> it. and not so much, you know, 
the pain or anything in the moment. But the next day I was, and it was with a shin pad from a guy that didn't really know how to kick. And yeah. I was working on a construction site in the mountains and just like on my feet up and down, walking up and down the hills all day long. And it was debilitating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that first one. I remember when I realized, oh, like, oh, I can throw a leg kick and it actually hurts people. It was like a weird, yeah. like, I was, it was funny because I was fine with kicking people. It right. was punching them in the face. It was weird. I just think it, it, it's similar to jujitsu, right? Where it's like you either have that in you to, to do it or you don't, right? We talk about like guys come in here and they realize like, oh shit, this guy's going to be sweating in my ear and he's going to be like on top of me and I, I don't like it. I can't, like, that's not in, in me to deal with. I think it's similar with fighting, right? Or yeah. if you're, like, I never really gotten like maybe one fight as a kid, right? Just never really had that experience. So it was always like this. I always had that block for whatever reason. Like just had a hard time with that. And I just think it's something you have or you don't, right? Yeah. I mean, it, embrace it. It's probably a good thing too. You know, yeah, you don't yeah, want to hurt people, so that's like a good thing. Right. Like it's it's good. It's a good thing. Right. Like I'm right. like, oh, well, this is a nice guy. Like, he doesn't <laughs> want to hurt anybody. That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. Right. I'm not ashamed you know? of that. I guess. Yeah. Just you know? not going to make a living as a fighter. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. if you, I feel like if you were forced to do it, like if you were put in a situation, of course you'd, you'd sure. probably have to do it. But it's like because we all have it, and right. I think that's the one thing is like people. They're like, oh, I wouldn't, you know, like personally, I don't, I don't like to fight people. Like I don't, I don't go out of my way to like talk shit to people on the street. I don't try to make issues. If a fight does like break out, like let's say I was at the bar, some guy's talking shit. I'll, I'll never be the one to throw the first punch. You know, I'll just, I'll be like, I will try and talk them out of it. And I think that comes from my dad who my mom and my dad are, they don't fight. They don't like fighting. My dad is a very, very, very kind individual he doesn't understand why i'm doing what i'm doing <laughs> he wants me to play golf um <laughs> but like anytime that i've been forced it's like i i do not like confrontation yeah. i hate it i absolutely hate it like that's just who i am like will i fight yeah i'll fight but i'm not like i need to fight somebody right now right. like I, when i was younger maybe like not in, i didn't like grow up fighting either i grew up with like a bunch of soft individuals they didn't like they talk a lot of shit uh -huh. but they don't actually do anything but I'm never like I'm never looking for a fight. Like if I have to fight, I'm like, all right. Like when you're in a cage and you're like, okay, this is what I get paid to do, or this is like this is what I want to do because yep. I want. It's kind of like GSP. It's like I don't like fighting, but I want the lifestyle. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. want that lifestyle, and I also love like just martial arts and getting better. Like it's just one of those things that I just didn't, like all like the two of you like you love martial arts. Yep. Like, you like getting better. You love surrounding, being surrounded by uh, great people who like come from every background like you know what i mean like someone just posted a picture the other day on instagram um about how it's like the you know the cop like you can be black you could be hispanic you can be you know a woman you can be like what well, doesn't matter like everybody comes together for martial arts and we all come together for the same like you put all the differences aside like all the political issues that like we deal with today you put them in the gym together and we all just like get better yep. you know in given the right like environment you know you're you're just coming together to get better and it doesn't matter if you're a doctor it doesn't matter if you're a janitor it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what you do yep you just come together to get better and that's what that's another thing that i love it's just like i love being in this environment where i wake up every day and i get to do what i love with with people that get to do what they love you know yeah. so well said that's the whole premise behind this podcast is, you know, highlighting all of the normal yet unique individuals that we know and train with. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's got a story. It comes from a totally different place. There's nobody here that's exactly like somebody else. And, you know, we could be on the, we could be on the mat rolling and I would not know anything about you, but I know that we've got a brotherhood right there. Right. Right. That's really, to me, that's the most important thing. That's what keeps me coming back. Yeah. It, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about what you have going on with your current team and, and everything you guys are building up right now. I think that's a, a really cool story. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're obviously super supportive, supportive of what you have going on. Uh, yeah, man. Um, so after the Bellator fight, we decided that it was time to kind of like start our own spot. Um, I had recently met my striking coach now, maybe like, well, maybe like, maybe like four to six months before and I just liked the stuff that he was teaching me. Um, obviously, I've known Alex since Team Link days um, when he mm. was like, so he's still a kid because he's like 21. But he was like, he's really like, a kid. Yeah, he's really. I remember a kid. the first time I met him, he was he was definitely still a kid. He was still a kid. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's the thing. He's still a kid. And um, but he for being a kid, like at the time, like I didn't have a relationship with Alex when I was at Team Link. And then even at, when I had met him at I hadn't seen him for a couple of years. Then I met him again at Tim Babiak's. Still didn't really know him. Uh, that well and then it wasn't until COVID 
uh, happened where we had taken some time to to really get to know each other because nobody was training. And so he started teaching me how to like leg lock people. He started teaching me how to do all these different, just a different way to approach like the grappling realm. Like even with like wrestling, he was like, he started asking me, he'd come over every day. So I think it was like COVID had just hit. It was like maybe, I think it was like that March and he would come to my apartment in Enfield. So he'd drive from East Hampton to Enfield. And I had like a section of mat that we just roll out in the middle of my apartment and we would just, go over different things he would like break things down for me he explained things to me he'd, every day before he got there he'd ask me a question he'd be like oh if you were here what would you do mm. how would you approach this and it'd be like shit like I don't know mm -hmm. like I guess I don't really know and like for being so young he has such a mind for philosophy and jujitsu and he's like he's you would again you wouldn't think because he's just like a kid but he knows so much and so um I had built a relationship with him and then, like I said, I, I think it was like that following. So moving into like November, I had met Dan uh, finally and uh, we started training together and he was teaching again, another guy who's just teaching me all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, like all this stuff's been out there this whole time. And mm -hmm. it's like, and these again are guys, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying before, like there are people out there who like, you could just easily overlook them because they don't have like, I think Dan only has one fight. And it's like, oh, well, he's got one fight. Like, what does he know? But it's like, no, like, this dude knows a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, he doesn't have, like, all this huge background, all these fights. But, like, his ability to, like, look at what how fighting is, break it down, and then, like, show you different drills and teach you. Like, so when after the Bellator fight, um, we just, we had talked about it before because it was, like, getting to a point where I kind of wanted to do, I wanted to move on. I've been wanting to move on for a while. Um, and these two guys kind of, like, were in a similar boat where like they Alex didn't have a full time gym. He had stopped training with other people and he wasn't at like a, a place where he was like he was going to college so he was like, Oh, I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't really know where I'm going. And Dan has been training out of a garage with his uh his other guys for seven years, yeah. you know, and like we we wanted to kind of like expand that and like kind of teach on our own terms and learn on our own terms and not like be uh in a, a different environment of other people's like styles and systems. We wanted to kind of like kind of form our own. And so the three of us just got together and we we're like, well, I guess it's time to like do that. You know, like I left, I ended up leaving my team and he ended up uh, not leaving his guys at the gym uh, at the garage, but he just, he was like, okay, we're going to move over to this spot. We want a bigger space because the garage that he was training, in was a little bit smaller. So it was like, there's only a few guys could really be in there. So, and not that our space is like massive by any means, it's a very small spot, but we wanted a private, our own private mm -hmm. facility because we were training out of my parents' basement. That's what we were doing. Like I had like a 12 by 12 mat with a couple extenders. So it was like a decent size for like maybe like three people, four people, but it wasn't like some massive thing. And then like, I didn't want to every time, especially with COVID, my parents were like freaking out about it. So we didn't <laughs> want to keep showing up my parents' house. So what we ended up doing was we just, we rented a space. Um, we bought some mats and we decided that we would just run up a, a private facility. And like, at one point, like we obviously had talked about expanding, but like we started to get away from like being, focusing on the fights because like I was teaching Dan's teaching Alex is teaching so we never had time to like get together and work so like we were talking about I was like if Bellator called again like would we be ready to fight right. it's like at that time no because we were focusing on everybody else trying to build like this thing up but now we got like we got a great thing going we decided to keep it small and just focus on progressing forward with the guys that we have and like we had guys like a lot of you, know, you guys know COVID shut down a bunch of different gyms so these guys who had nowhere to go and like some of them were like I feel like we're struggling because of they didn't have that outlet, yeah. a place to go, or they didn't want to like, especially over towards that area, there was like, you know, there wasn't really anywhere to go. So we decided to just like form this little group of like nerds and we put it together and now we're just like, we're just growing, you know, like on not necessarily in size, but like in our skill level, our understanding. And it's just a place where like everybody brings something like, you know, everybody brings knowledge cause we all have different backgrounds. So whether they were jujitsu before wrestling, striking, now we all have different ideas and concepts and it's a place where we can all go where there really is no ego. We don't feel like we're not, we're, we compete and we have fun, but at the end of the day, it's not like, Hey, like I'm better than you. It doesn't have to be that way. Like I have guys that are, we have guys that are there now that like submit me, submit Alex who like we're coaching and they're just, they just destroy <laughs> us. I'm like, damn, like this guy's good. But it's like, it excites us because it's like, we have guys now we know that can push us where we need to yeah, be. Elevates the entire squad. Exactly. Um, and like, obviously, uh, 
you know, like our biggest thing is that this area, it seems like we have, there's like limitations. And I feel like that comes from not being able to share with different schools. Like, um, and I've, I've heard of this as it happens in Florida, but in like Colorado, when I went to Colorado, everybody trains together. You know, if you're, I like, I remember them saying, cause I went to 10th planet Boulder and they were saying like the guys from factory X Muay Thai, they'll train here. They'll train at the Arvada gym where Gagey trains, like the elevation guys will train, like everybody cross trains where you don't have as much cross training here. And we would love for that to be like a huge thing. Like we've talked about mm-hmm. it, you know, like I love coming here. I feel like you guys are super kind people who work extremely hard and are the same thing you guys are getting better and better and better it's not like okay this is what we do and that's the only thing we do you guys are constantly getting better every time i come in here i can't be like oh i'm just gonna walk all over anybody it doesn't happen like i come in here and it's like damn like i i could get submitted you know i can get beat i could get like like you guys you got guys like louie you got guys like daniel you got guys like um jameson like Mm -hmm. um you guys you know like i can't just walk in here and be like oh i'm gonna like it you can't do that like and you learn and you get better and I've learned things just by coming in and taking your classes you know what I mean and like I I love that like uh that one time where you're like oh we have guys competing I have to close for a couple days can your guys come and like only a couple guys came but even being able to be around them and like just share ideas like we train Bill comes sometimes and we train and it's like just being able to be around different people and share ideas and like learn and like that's what I think this is about you know like we have other there are other gyms in the area I won't I won't mention their names like that they don't really cross train that much, mm. you know? No, it seems to be the norm around here, actually. You know, yeah. I've, we've been in, in business a little over four years and I was kind of naive coming into it. I'm like, oh, we'll do like open mats all the time and like everybody will come in from everywhere and it just never happened that way. It's, you know, I have a couple of friends here, a couple of friends there. Other guys have a friend here and there. Maybe they'll come over. But even then it's like, they're hiding to make sure nobody finds out that they came over. Right. Yeah. And uh, I just think that it's kind of sad that, that it's like that because it's like at the end of the day, um, it's not about beating the guys in the area, like not to like bash anybody, but it's like, I don't care if I can beat your top guy. I care if I can beat the best guy in the world. And I feel like it's like the same thing with all of us, but at the same time, we're still so, not us, but there are a lot of people that feel like, oh, I don't want to like, I don't want to be with them because I want to prove that my system works against these guys. And it's like, I don't care about the pond. I care about the ocean. Mm-hmm. I care about beating guys at the top of the food chain. I don't care about beating guys in this local area. I want those guys, if you get better, if the guys at Team Link get better, if the guys at FAA get better, if the guys at NESF get better, if yeah, the guys, now the whole region is better. We all get better. We all elevate each other because I think it's just looking at like what's most important. And like, and that is like, that's the other thing. Like there are, there are gyms that do welcome it. And I think like, uh, I know NESF and you guys, us, FAA, like we all like, they do the, tr- they do cross training. They do have people come in from different gyms, like people from Connecticut. When mm-hmm. I was at FAA, people were coming from NESF. People were coming from, um, uh, like Connecticut, a lot of people from Connecticut, you know, like Nick's in, in Nick's gym, like Nick, that's one thing I love about Nick's gym is Nick, uh, Newell has like a people from all over the place, yeah. all over Connecticut, even people from New York come to train at his gym. And it's like, it doesn't matter. We all come to get better. And it's like, there's no ego involved. Like we don't yeah. go like, I don't spar with someone and go off oh, like, fuck this guy. You know, he's trying to like kick my ass. It's like, no, we're trying to get better. We're all, we're all increasing. We're all improving, you know? Um, and I think that that's one thing that like certain gyms in the area, they don't, uh, they don't like welcome that type of competition. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not about like if your system's better or not, it's just about like, can we all get better together? Because at the end of the day, like I, I, I just think that there are a lot of people with a lot of talent. And I think just going out and exploring different, different places and learning a different way to do it will help the other guys get to the next level that they're trying to achieve instead of just staying stuck in one area and like never and just thinking this is the only thing that's going to get me there and sometimes that works for people but i do think that um that's kind of like that's always kind of been our mission is like we want to make connections with all the gyms we want to be friendly with these guys because we do we do see the value in everybody in the area like i think that's what's going to elevate us i mean look at you can look at places like nevada colorado arizona like they all cross train and those are some of the uh, california i'm sure you look at you look at a Sunday open mat in Southern California. Oh, yeah. There'll be 80 people on the mats from every school in the area. Right. 
and you're getting different looks. You're getting different mm-hmm. looks, different ways, different systems, and you're seeing, like, that's the one thing. It's, like, my big thing is, like, you don't want to get into a fight and be, like, or a jiu-jitsu match and be, like, oh, man, like, I've never, never seen, seen that, that before. before. <laughs> you want to see these patterns enough times where you're, like, okay, I can defend this. Like, I've seen it enough where it's, like, it's not going to happen. It's, just, it's always those things that your body doesn't recognize because, like, when you're on, when you're in a ma- match and you're on autopilot, you're going to do what you naturally do like we talked about. That doesn't necessarily always go for uh, your offense but also your defense. And if your def- if your computer goes, your brain goes, oh, shit, I've never seen that, you're going to freeze, like, even for a split second. And that split second could be the difference yeah. between you getting tapped or getting out. Yeah. And I think, like, by seeing the wide variety, because we do have a lot of talented people in the area. We do. Like, it's just, I feel like we're just kind of, especially on the west side, you know, on the, on the east coast, they're uh, where, uh, you know, like out in Boston and all, they all cross-train. They all train at Lausanne's. They all train mm-hmm. at, you know, the New England cartel. They train all over the place. They train at Triforce in Rhode Island. Like, they all know each other. Here, it's like the opposite, where we're all kind of like, it's the div- it's the division of teams. And it's like, when we get put, when we all get put up against those guys, it's like, why are they, why do they have the edge on us? Well, because they're all connected. They all talk. They all work together. And I feel like here, we don't do that as much. And I think that's what hinders the people from here getting there. Because, like, how many, how many guys in the UFC do we have from this area? Yeah. How many guys from this area have we had go to a high level competition like um, in jujitsu and like succeed? Right. Like I can't even name anybody that's like made it to the UFC mm-hmm. and stayed in the UFC, won in the UFC, can like or mm-hmm. stayed in Bellator and won through Bellator, and it has been like a, a top prospect. Can't name a single guy. Can't name a single guy or yeah. woman. But I think that if we're able to like unite and like work together and like put all the bullshit aside. It's like, we're, we will all elevate each other. And that's the next step for us to like, to move. I think it's just culture. It's just the culture and like working together as like one area, as opposed to working against each other, thinking that this is like, this is the be all end all. It's not. This yeah. Is, this well is said. Nothing. Yeah. That's, you know, so I started training on the East coast. Mm-hmm. So I was always hearing about like, you know, uh, well, these five coaches all started together at that place. Right. And they proliferated and these coaches. So it kind of like, it becomes this big network. But I have definitely noticed since I moved back here two plus years ago that there's a lot of I'm a medium fish in a small ass pond, but I still got a massive ego. And I'm like, right, not even a big fish, not even a big fish and not in a small like you're just in a small, tiny ass pond. Like, why is there so much ego? And I wonder, like, if it's because it's more I don't want to say startup, right? Some of these gyms have obviously been around for a long time, right? But I wonder, like, hey, I was the only gym out here. I was the man. Uh, other gyms pop up, so I've got to still keep my chest puffed up to be, I'm still the man, right? I was still the first one out here. I, I don't know, but it is a different environment, totally. And you're right, like, when I was on the East Coast, guys would be, we'd have different guys in the gym all the time from other places, and our guys would be going other places all the time. It just... It doesn't feel like I could walk into any other gym out here and they'd be like, hey, come on in. You're welcome. You know, this is my opinion. Yeah, you you feel like it's like a it's tribalism. I feel like Mm. it's a tribalism. And like I I get that. But like my from like I said, like I've trained all over the place. And between Dan, Alex Mm. and I, we've trained at every single gym in this area, every single gym. And I'm like, this is like my thing is like I've learned from. Um, sorry, I'm having space. So, like, I trained at the Team Link in Northampton, so I trained with like John Manley. I trained with the guy, the other guy he owned it with, Tom Gomes. Like, and I learned a ton from them. I've trained with Tim Babiak, and I've learned a ton from him. I've trained with Jeremy Libyshevsky at FA. I've learned a ton from him. I've learned a ton from all of these guys, and they're all very, very valuable people, and they all have so much knowledge, and they're all good people too. Like, d- deep down, they're all good people, and they have a lot of great things to share and it's like I wouldn't be who I am I wouldn't be as good as I am if I didn't have all of these people like I've learned from you guys like I've learned from you I've come to your classes I've learned from you I've learned from your students I've learned from taking your classes in jiu-jitsu just little details that would make a significant difference that will cut time in half and those time that those uh those seconds will make a significant difference when I'm competing, whether it's jujitsu, whether it's MMA, like that could be the difference between me passing someone's guard and smashing somebody and not, and then just going back to, and getting tired and losing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like everybody that I've learned from, and I've learned from all of these great minds. And it's like, if all of these people could come together and like share their knowledge, it's like, like I truly believe like that will be the difference between like why, 
Like, I do believe that I'll get to the UFC and I do believe that I'll actually do something significant, but it's not just because I had one coach that taught me. I had multiple coaches across multiple, uh, 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 arts and, um, different skills that have taught me these things that have helped me to advance myself to get to that level and not only get to the level, but sustain it and then go beyond what people think you can go beyond. And I want, I want that to be the, I want that to be the thing because I don't want to be the only person to do it. Yeah. You know, cause I do believe that there are people around here. And like I said, I've trained with all these people. So I know there are people who have the potential. It's just like, open your, open your minds to the possibilities and listen to these people. You know, it's like, there's a, again, million a thousand different ways to skin a cat you got to find the ways like we go back to what we were talking about before the you got to find the ways that work for you and but be don't think that your way is the only way because there's tons of different ways to do it and like i just want to see everyone succeed because you said if if they if they get better if you get better then we get better and so it then it's just like a pinball. It's like you're bouncing off all these different things. You bounce all these ideas. You create this this thing, and, and now it's like you just start rising. Mm-hmm. So once your foundations are solid and you're like learning different ways to do it, I mean, like I certainly do not have all the answers. I, I you know I don't think any of us have all the answers. We're just we have we know what we know, and we just are working towards getting better. And I think that itself will help us to all elevate. Because again, I mean, it's not that I have anything against the East Coast, but I just think that. It's like we're at a disadvantage because we don't have that ability to collaborate as a unit because they have like an army out there mm-hmm. and they're all getting to the, I mean, they're all getting to the UFC. Mm-hmm. They're all, you know, they have like, like I said, like they've got Triforce, they've got the New England cartel, they've got Lozans, they've got um, Citadon, you know, they, they're they all training together. Look at all of their Instagram pages. They all train together yep. mm-hmm. and they're all, and they're all getting to the UFC or they're all fighting for, you know, like the local titles. You know what I mean? It's like, why aren't we? Why aren't we? You know, what is the difference between us and them? Not that much. It's just I think I think it's the unity and the ability to collaborate to to push ourselves to that next level. Because, like, I mean, for me, like, I don't have anything against any of the schools around here. I really don't. Like, I like I said, I'm grateful for all my coaches. I'm grateful for all my teachers, and I will never let that. You know, I, and honestly, like, I hope that more people go out and train at all these different gyms. I, I yeah. want people to go and train, uh, to come here and train. I want people to go to FA. I want people to go to NESF. I want people to go because they, these people have a lot of knowledge. It's just like, we have to be willing to learn from all these different people and like, and not worry about anything else, you know, like just get better. And that's what I'd like to see. That's my, that's our, like, that's kind of what KCC is. Like, um, that's what our gym is. If you want to come train, come train. Like, We'll help you with what we can. We'll teach you what we know. We'll give you everything we got. And hopefully you take that and run with it. And hopefully it helps you with whatever else you're doing. That's, that's, that'd be great to see though. Like, honestly, like if we see other people from other gyms get to the UFC, then it's just like, man, that's inspiring to us. Cause it's like, Hey man, or if we see guys that compete at like an Eddie Bravo invitational, it's like, man, that's right. awesome. You know, like that's inspiring. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that's going to push us. You know, right. Like, if they can do it, then everybody else can do it. Yeah. Yeah. We just need that one person to like, get their foot in the door. Cause it's just like when you see somebody that, you know, doing it, you know, it's like, man, he can do it. Like it just puts that in your mind. Like I can do it too. Like I train with this guy. I know this guy, like he's a human being just like me. And like, you know, you know, him on a personal level. You're like, ah, oh, if you can do it, like, so can we. So that's like one thing that kind of like why we started, started the gym was because we figured like we wanted to have the gym for ourselves that we always wanted growing up. Cause like I said, I had to bounce around a bunch but like, um, we also just think that it's a great opportunity for, for people to, to see what else is out there and, and just kind of broaden their horizons a little bit. So where can people find you guys? Uh, so we have an Instagram page that like we kind of run a little bit, like it's like, it's, uh, so that's, I think it's KCC fight house right now. So KCC underscore fight house. Um, you can follow Dan at, at Van Horn park, uh, KC, um, at AJ Warren, bunch of numbers. And then I'm just at Nathan underscore Garib. We'll look them all up and yeah. We'll, and put we'll, them in we'd the like links. to do this thing up here, yeah. right? We yeah. Say, <laughs> yeah. Kazushi combat club, right? Yeah. Kazushi combat club. Yep. So how'd you guys end up on Kazushi? Uh, so there was like some debate about what we wanted to do for names. Um, and we're really big on like off balancing and just being like different. So mm-hmm. we figured like it made the most sense, uh, 
especially it's become more common to use those like Japanese names. Uh, a lot of people are like, what does that even mean? Yeah. It's like, I have just, it just means off balance and people are like, Oh, okay. Like yeah. whatever. But I hadn't heard it in a while. So I remember when you guys first, like when that first showed up, I was like, Oh, okay. I like that. That's yeah. cool. That's a cool name. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're big on like, you know, f- we're big on off, you know, s- we do think that there's like a, an importance of being, whether you're striking or you're grappling to like all- keep people off balance, mm-hmm. you know, cause that will keep all the Absolutely. the openings that you need. So right. like whether it's, you know, you're sweeping someone from standing or you're sweeping someone from the bottom or, you know, we just think that that's kind of fits us a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. So. If we have our two standard questions, I think we need to ask. Yep. So, um, what do you tell people when they ask you what you do? Uh, I tell people that I'm uh, that I'm a cage fighter because I figure like people, I say MMA and they're like, "What's MMA?" Yeah, and I'm like, "I'm a I'm a I fight in a cage for a living." They're like, "You fight in a cage? Like what?" I'm like, "You everything? You just like you're a boxer? Like no, like." No, like I, I punch people in the face for a living. That's what I do, you know. And I, they and say, I really, "Ooh, I don't want to mess with you." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do they say it's, that to oh, you? Yeah, like, it happens all yeah. the time. Like, um, people say weird shit like that all the time. Like, oh, I don't like, no, that's not the point. The point is that this is just this is what I do. It's what I do for fun. It's like, oh, you can kick my ass. I better not say anything to you, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, my landlord was like the other day. He was like, oh, I, I was walking to the bathroom. He's like, oh, he's like, you're looking fit. I was like, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I was like, I'm getting ready for a fight. He's like, a fight? Like, what kind of fight? I'm like. Oh, um, I'm an MMA fighter. He's like, what's that? I was like, well, I get into a cage and I fight people for, for money. And he's just like, oh, he's like, all right, well, he's like, I just, he's like, well, if you're late on rent next month, he's like, don't worry about it. And I was just like, I was like, no, we'll pay. We'll pay. Don't worry. We're not, you know, it's, it's not a threat. It's not a threat. <laughs> you're good. That's awesome. But yeah, stuff like, just goofy things like that. It's, it's funny though. It's, it, it definitely brings like, um, uh, I, I get all kinds of weird reactions, you know, yeah. just like different faces and stuff like that. What? Yeah. Pat and I always say that we just like kind of walk away. What's that jujitsu thing you do? Like, yeah. Walk away. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like karate? Yeah, change the subject. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Move karate. on. Yeah. Want to ask the other question yeah. we have to ask? So, so our last question is usually theoretical for the rest of our guests, but it's going to be an easy one for you. What's your walkout song? Oh, man. It's it's always changed. Switch it up. But I always change it. It depends on how I feel. Uh, I feel like I try to use songs that kind of like leave a message based for myself. But you have one for this fight coming up? Um. I I was thinking of going with "Dump the Clip" by Army of the Pharaohs, um, but I've I've been using uh, "Mind Your Manners" by Chitty Bang. Um, just basically, uh, this "Dump the Clip" one kind of has some some messages in it. Some that probably are not ta- a little distasteful. Not really <laughs> what I'm going for, but there are some things that are just kind of like a representation of like how I'm feeling in terms of. Uh, like going into some of these fights with some of these guys that a lot of these guys lately have been pulling out of fights and like talking a lot of shit online. And I'm like, all right, dude, just sign the contract. Like I'm, I haven't been turning down any of these fights and I don't know why people keep thinking that I am, you know, like, so it's just, you know, you'd have to listen to the song again. It's some of it's a little distasteful, so it's not, not all what I'm going for, but you know, it, it, there are, there are messages I feel like sometimes with my music, that I walk out to that kind of just like they, it fuels me. It makes me feel like, okay, this is like, this is what I'm trying to get across and uh, I'm going to show you who who I am, you know? So I like it. I haven't heard the name of that band in a long time. Uh, Yeah. Army of the Pharaohs. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) That group, I should say, not a band. Um, So tell us what you have coming up. Oh, so uh, yeah, September 17th, I'm fighting at the Connecticut convention center um, for CES. Again, I just fought for them last month. Um, and I'm fighting a Brazilian, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. He's a black belt in jiu-jitsu and um, don't know too much about him. He won his first fight uh, in 2020, and he submitted the guy in the first round. So he's good on the ground, tough. He looks like a solid individual. Like, he's just, like, not, like, solid skill-wise, but, like, physically, mm-hmm. he's just, like, a he looks like a brick shit house, which is good because I want, like, someone to be tough. I want someone to be in there. Um. And I think it's going to be just one of those classic like grappler versus a striker or that's what they think mm-hmm. it is. But it's like people haven't really given me the chance to really like see what I can do on the ground. So if he wants to fight on the ground, then he's about to find out what the new breed of, of jiu-jitsu is all about. <laughs> you know, the traditional Brazilian way. And I think it's a little uh, outdated. So hopefully uh, hopefully he um, is prepared for everything because if not, like I'm, it's just like, every fight I go in there with horrible intentions for everybody just so that they know like I'm not here to just I'm not here to be a, your friend and I'm not here to uh 
go easy on you and I don't feel bad for you. If you sign the contract, like you're in my way and I'm trying to get to the UFC. So whatever you're there, just show up, make sure you're on weight and make sure you're uh, ready to go. Cause I'm ready to go. <laughs> so. I, I watched the finish of your last fight and I was like, Oh shit. It's like, Nate's got bad intentions for this. <laughs> for this. Yeah. Like, unleashed hell. Yeah. I've, yeah. I mean, I feel like, um, and I've, I've had different things. People say like, I'm too nice or like, definitely people think I'm unassuming. Cause you see me, if you saw me walking on the street, you'd never think that I do what I do. But, um, every fight is an opportunity for me to show people that like, this is what I've been working on and that I'm deeply passionate about what I do. And I do think that people still to this day overlook me and they think like they're, they're always talking about other guys in the area or other guys that like, I'm like, dude, these guys don't really do anything. They don't do the kind of things that I can do. And I feel like I'm underappreciated in that way. Um, I think CS appreciates me now. I think cause I finally got a guy that, like the guy, he wasn't my original opponent. I had like, four guys pull out one guy say no for the last fight and they got this guy in like three days notice um so it wasn't like i was like oh i needed like a guy with a horrible record to fight like i'm like had all these guys with like pretty decent records who were tough and they're like no or they were like yeah i'll sign and then they pull out and then they sign for other fights i'm like well what the hell man like are you do you want to fight or not do you just want your friends to think you're the man because that's what it seems like a lot of these guys do and um you know, like I'm showing up ready to fight. Like we're pre- we're not preparing for the for uh, guys who are like bums. We're preparing for like yeah. the best guys in the world every day. That's what we're 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 pre- we're hoping that you're coming in here with bad intentions for me because I'm coming in bad with bad intentions for you. And um, there are guys they say that will like look for a way out, but my my goal is never give you a way out. Like, there are guys who will like easily jump on a submission. It's like nope, stand back up because you know, like I'm not if you're not ready to. You're not ready to go that distance. Like I'm just gonna show you that I'll execute you if I have to. You know what I mean? I'll do what I have to to get there. So yeah, there's that like dark side of me. So just so you're aware. <laughs> awesome. We just knocked out an hour like it was nothing. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> so excited for this fight coming up. Can't wait to to see what you do out there. Thank you. Thank you guys for yeah. having me on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a blast. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming, coming on. Talking to you. Thanks for rolling. <laughs>